So I met this guy when I was traveling in Lithuania. I was going to a business retreat with one of my mentors and he was speaking there. And instantly, it was so eerie. It was like he was the version of me that is 10 years into the future and appreciated and achieved everything I wanted to achieve. He's traveling the world making money, uh, most of it passively, uh, through his Airbnb business. He's written a book about his experiences, uh, which is uh, selling pretty well. And I wanted to get him on so I could show you guys. Uh, we've been keeping in touch, and I was like, hey, Jason, you mind uh, getting on the podcast for, for a bit? And he's like, yeah, sure, totally. And so I got him on the podcast. And I got some good content for you, especially if you're looking for freedom, passion, and living fully. Uh, so I wish you the best, and I hope that this interview is going to give you exactly what I intended it to. How's it going, everybody? This is Joe, the founder of the Renaissance Man Network and the Renaissance Man Podcast. I'm the host of that. I wanted to share with you the intentions for this podcast and lead you into the content so that you know exactly what to expect and what to focus on. I want to help people live like a Renaissance man. Now, and nowadays, people either tend to be uh, a little bit okay at everything without direction or they tend to be super focused on one particular career but the art of being a renaissance man free to do whatever he likes but dedicating his life to the mastery of several things and understanding that self-development it has an infinite ceiling that art has been lost and so I want to help get that back into the world where people can become great mathematicians become great uh, athletes become great um, um, craftsmen, become great travelers, become great writers, become great at many things that inspire and make you feel uh, uh, like a capable and well-rounded man. Um, Self-actualize. There are values that I hold dear to my heart and that I hold dear to being the, the ideal of being a renaissance man, which is living with a sense of passion and curiosity and a hunger for growth, experiences, and knowledge. So I interview people that do these things. I interview people that are, in, that are good at something where I can share the things they're good at. I also talk about these values on discussion episodes. So please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Or if you would like to hear the content to see if you want to subscribe, I totally understand. And you can listen to it and then decide afterwards. It's your choice. Um, and that is one of the easiest ways to support the podcast. Without further ado, here is today's episode. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Spot of Joe podcast with me, your host, Joe Bookoff on the Spot of Joe. Uh, this week, I wanted to get a guest on. I actually met him when I was in Lithuania. You saw a lot of posts about that, and you might have seen our live video on Facebook. It's a little brief thing while I was there. His name is Jason Harrell, best-selling author, traveler, entrepreneur, um, professional poker player, just in general, an all-around um, impressive person. 
and he exemplifies exactly the types of stuff that I want to share on my website. So I'll let him introduce himself. Jason. Hey Joe. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, once again, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, the short of it is when people ask me, you know, what, what, what's my job? I really don't have an answer. And even entrepreneur doesn't encapsulate it. So I just, I always tell people I'm a, I'm a professional at doing whatever I want to do. So, um, uh, whether it's playing poker, uh, you know, I wrote a book that did pretty well. Um, I, you know, got some real estate properties. I do social media. I just pretty much, uh, created a lifestyle vision that I wanted. And then I just plugged the holes in financially as opposed to most people like, you know, that say, Oh, I want to be a doctor and then figure out how to squeeze in their vacation around that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. You actually tried to be a doctor at one point, didn't you? Um, yeah. I, when I was writing my book, uh, wasn't so much a doctor. I was just wanting to get uh, mm-hmm. my master's in psychology. And I actually, uh, went to Pepperdine and had to interview with the Dean to get accepted. And, uh, it was funny because he was like, so why do you want to, you know, how long have you dreamed of being a psychologist? I was like, no, I just want the degree. So when I write my book, I have extra letters <laughs> for, uh, for credibility. He's like, so you just want to get a degree just for your book? And I was like, yep. <laughs> so I think that was an original answer for him. So still did he accepted. accept you? Oh, you oh, did yeah, accept it. Okay. They, they wanted my, you know, $150,000. So, oh, that's true. You know. Yeah, it's true. That's a lot of money. Uh, that mm-hmm. Actually, on that note, um, what is the name of your book? Because then it would make more sense why you wanted to get a uh, sure. psychology degree to the listeners. So um, my first book that came out two years ago was uh, The Bartending Therapist. And it was originally going to be called The Bartending Psychologist. But it's illegal mm-hmm. to call yourself a psychologist unless you're accredited. So uh-huh. I, I kind of played with that idea. And, um, and then that's, uh, that's why I was actually went the route of going to school. I dropped out the first day of school. So I never actually paid a dollar <laughs> to the university. But then um, I actually talked to a lawyer and he said, well, why do you have to be a psychologist? You can call yourself a therapist and anybody can be a therapist. And so uh-huh. it was kind of a legal thing, but, um, yeah, that, that was kind of an idea of the credibility, you know, like yeah. why would, why does anyone want to listen to me if I just wrote, you know, Jason Harrell's book on life or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. There was no reason, but the bartending therapist, I felt since I did, I've all, I've bartended part-time for the last 10 plus years on and off. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the vehicle, like the moniker that I was like more people are going to relate. It's true. Cause it's me. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like women treat their hairstylist, like the, a therapist, you know, a lot of people treat their bartender, like a therapist in, in a, in almost like a, a life coach, you know? Yeah. So. I remember you had a whole, uh, several chapters on that. And it's, it's almost like, it's kind of like a book that's like, Hey, I kind of know what's behind the scenes. Cause everybody talks to me. Uh, and there's even a chapter on pickup, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, it's funny because um, there's a lot like I, I, you know, I'm single and I date now. And sometimes when I'm dealing with these girls uh, that I'm talking to um, through like a dating app or whatever, and they're just running these certain things. And it's and it's almost like seeing the Matrix. You know, it's like I see it coming Mm -hmm. from a mile away. 
and and I almost just get it's exhausted. really funny because like, I, almost... I just read the Rational Mel and they talk about like they use that a concept that's similar to that all the time throughout that book. Right, it, it's it, it's almost like you just see it coming, like a, like a basketball player seeing a, mm-hmm. a play develop before it actually happens. And I, and yeah, I, you know, you, I get annoyed with it and frustrated. And sometimes I just, I almost want to just expose it and just say, "Look, this is what you're doing. This is why, like, we're not, you know, like, like why you're probably on this app and single, you know, <laughs> like uh-huh. stop trying to, con- you know, like stop trying to control the <laughs> situation." Be the therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, I've, and and funny thing is, I've actually gone on dates sometimes where I end up just kind of like forgetting about me trying to be in, you know, actually be like their boyfriend and date them uh-huh. and just say, "Look, here's why you're single. Here's here's <laughs> all the mistakes you're making on the date." And I mean, it doesn't work out for me, but maybe they pick up something or maybe they just think, "What an arrogant yeah, but guy!" But you, you dodged a bullet, so it does work out for you. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, and and then I I've sold a lot of books from Tinder uh-huh. and uh, Bumble and all those. So just like, like bring them on your dates. You're like, Here, here's my book. I don't know if you want to sleep with me, but I mean, if you want to read about myself, just you know, give me ten bucks, uh, twenty bucks. How much is it? Uh, I think it's ten bucks on Amazon now. So yeah, give me ten bucks. Uh, I mean, I'll have a link uh in the podcast you guys want to read i read it uh he gave me a signed copy which was very kind of you um actually to be honest um i took the book and then i bought it on amazon anyway because i think it was like i had kindle unlimited and it was like Uh free on kindle unlimited so i just read it on my kindle um yeah but my friend read your book yeah Kindle Unlimited did, crushed mm-hmm. me when that when that came out. It was like yeah. three or four months after my book got published, and yeah, uh, I remember uh, Ty Lopez um, posted about my book, and I got like nice. five thousand downloads in like one night, nice. and like ninety five percent of them were the Kindle free. <laughs> I was like, damn it! Do you so, you get a commission on that though, right? You have to. You can't just steal I, that from it, you. Yeah. No, I mean if if uh, if they have Amazon Prime and uh-huh. Kindle Unlimited, mine's part of the queue. So, I mean, I get like a royalty, but we're talking pennies, you know. Like oh, I think that man. night, I think that night I made like maybe a couple hundred bucks. But these uh, from five thousand, you should. How how much do you get from each like book book buy if they actually buy it? So the Kindle is 99 cents, and uh, uh-huh. I think my royalty is around 35, 40 cents. And then the book so about is, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the book's about the same margin, depending uh-huh. on how you price it. But at $10, I get like three bucks a book, which is actually really yeah. good, um, considering what like real publish, you know, like a major publishing company. like 30 cents, yeah, 30 company. or so, yeah. Yeah, yeah most nice. of them are like 10 15 percent you know if that yeah so okay well i might be i might be sending you a few customers though because i personally read it and i i endorse it it's a fun read it's an easy read it flowed because i was trying to do like i was was listening to ty lopez i mean we we both know matt and uh i was also looking at ty Mm -hmm. lopez's um 67 steps and one of the things he talks about is the smart reading technique and i was trying to read it through smart reading which means that you just read you essentially read the first sentence the last sentence and then some of the skim the stuff in between um and like do that a couple times a day with some of the chapters and you you end up getting a really good idea of the book and you actually talk about speed reading like this 
in your book, but um, mm-hmm. I, I actually ended up just reading it cover to cover because it was such a, a an easy and entertaining read. And I, I just found that I didn't really want to read it a uh, sentence, just a couple sentences at a time. I think uh, I think the speed reading idea is great, um, but it doesn't work if like you're reading like Hemingway. You know, part of reading Hemingway <laughs> is the prose that he's using, but like if it's a full story and and it's kind of like for entertainment value, then you know, like watching a movie, you, you don't really fast forward through the movie. You know, no, yeah, but. But in, but most of the books I think that Ty talks about are usually like whether it's self help, psychology, like there's certain it's major books. Yeah, like Tony Robbins' book I always used as an example, Awaken the Giants, and he does such a great job without knowing. But it's 800 pages or something like that, and in mm-hmm. each in the first paragraph he says this is what you're going to learn, in the last paragraph he says this is what you learn, and then all in yeah. the middle is just stories of Sally and Sue and Billy and Bobby it just exemplifying the concept that he's already told you the concept so you don't you can skip over that pretty easily I tried mm-hmm. to make almost each individual chapter flow into each other but also um, be like a different kind of story uh, in, in different positions so you know that way like if you read you know chapter two it's you know, almost like it's a different concept or different version um, than like chapter nine, you know? So, but that way, if you break it up, if you just like went to a chapter a day, it would almost be like, well, here's like my lesson of the day, you know? Yeah. And you actually exemplify that in the beginning and the end of a chapter, which I thought was cool. It's the beginning. You're like, this is the lesson. And then the last sentence, it, you like codify it in one sentence, like lesson number five from the bartending therapist. Um, something or other and it's like in one sentence so you could technically just read the first and last sentence of each chapter but i found that the prose was super easy and quick to read and it's not even that big of a book so if you have so much time that you have to do other stuff in your day um i found that it was it was super easy and I actually one thing um after i was in lithuania i don't know if i told you i think i did i went up to latvia for a couple mm-hmm. months before i came back to the states and um one of the other people in my hostel an Irish dude named Thomas. I'm not going to say your last name because I, I didn't. I don't know if you want me to shout you out. But he was at the hostel and he's like, hey, can I read this? And he like, since I had it on Kindle, I'm like, yeah, you know, just check out the book. I met this dude a couple weeks ago um, in Lithuania. And he's like, okay, cool. And he like gave it back to me in a couple days. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought that was kind of cool where it was very needy read, but it wasn't totally like, it, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't like a difficult read at all. Yeah. That, that was the whole idea. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And, and part of it too is, so my background, I spent seven years as a sportscaster, you know, and I did mm-hmm. radio and television. And so one of the ways that I learned how to become a sportscaster and on air, you know, personality and fi- you, you have to find your voice in that kind of business. And so, um, in order not to be contrived, I would always imagine talking to my best friend whenever I had to talk into a, a microphone. And, and and I would be getting ready to go on air sometimes. And sometimes I would actually call him up like 10, 15 minutes before just to be like, you know, hey, I'm getting ready to uh, uh-huh. uh, go on air. Like I'm at this game. 
but it, it would just be to get that cadence of what it's like talking to my buddy and uh, yeah. and then if if not like I if, if I couldn't actually talk to him then sometimes I would just like put the phone up to my ear and pretend like I was telling them a story <laughs> and that would get that would get my cadence so when I when I went to okay. write the book I was actually going to do a, a, a voice to text but I couldn't yeah. find a good software for it and so okay. what, the whole time I was writing I was just trying to write as if I was talking to my friend as opposed huh. to like writing like a great novel or something because you know yeah that's important you have to know like your skill set in your lane and and be true to what works for you i can't i can't write like john grisham or uh or hemingway yeah. or mark twain you know i have to write the way that i would convey a story and, and i think that it actually worked pretty well like um the people that are closest to me have said like i felt like you were talking into my ear and telling me these stories and huh. you know you don't you didn't know me in that sense and and other readers don't know like what it would be like mm -hmm. to have that conversation but the fact that my friends said that it's like all right if, if they understand it as a story then everyone else ideally will get that so yeah yeah definitely um and there are a lot of stories that you do tell and i'm kind of curious uh sort of on the same line but changing the subject a bit um Mm -hmm. Since I've known you, you've traveled a few times to a couple different places. You actually just got back from Mexico, from what I remember, and then you were also mm -hmm. in Colombia, um, some of the similar places that I went to last uh, fall. Uh, I'm kind of mm -hmm. curious uh, if what 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 do you get out of travel, and you know, yeah, just what do you get out of travel? Uh, well, Colombia, um, I've gone to Colombia. Let's see, I did. Last year or last fall, I did Medellin. Then I went to Cartagena, and then I went to Bogota. Then I went back to Cartagena, and then I went back to Bogota. I've been five times in probably the last year and a half, and mm -hmm. um, I, I met a girl down there, and so you know, like I, mm -hmm. the last three times I've been to see her, and I'm going in two weeks to see her. But um, oh, that's cool. So that's that's why Colombia, like before Colombia. I had never retreaded a trip, um, mm -hmm. except for Prague. I swung back through Prague. Uh, both times I was in Lithuania because um, I went for two uh, two of those conferences to speak there. Um, yeah, I, that's I where just, I met you. Yeah, I just stopped for two days in Prague both times, and I really enjoyed Prague. Uh, but I, mm -hmm. I never want to visit the same city. Colombia, like, you know, you find a girl, so it's like, it's cheap hey. to get down there. Yeah, the I'm reason actually I, about to go visit a girl that I met there last last year too. So the but the like the overall reason why I travel, mm -hmm. um, I I developed this thing and I don't I actually don't remember I don't think I wrote it in the book but I I call it um, isolating in a crowd and mm -hmm. what I I you know there's a lot of times for me like I like to be in thought I like to be just alone and get away mm -hmm. but i but i but i really want to get away in the sense that like um i want to walk down the street but i want to be around people i want that energy of like a city mm -hmm. center but i want to but i like the fact that nobody that you know walks up to me that i'm going to run into somebody that i know and, mm -hmm. and so like when someone's like hey 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 like i can just ignore them almost like a ghost because yeah. i know that they don't know who I am, you know, whereas, like, yeah. you know, when you 
I live in a small part of El, uh, a small town called El Segundo, even though it's in the middle of massive Los Angeles. You know, I go down, you know, I go to grab a coffee. I'm probably going to run into someone I know. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I can't. And, and I do have a bit of like local celebrityness, um, being a bartender. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't even take dates like without running into somebody that I know. And it's like, I don't want to. <laughs> it's probably some there, good there, social proof, though. It's, I mean, it, it, there, there's pluses and minuses to it. But like for me, like to get away. Um, plus, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I like that. And plus, I just like experiencing new places. I just like, um, I, it doesn't matter, like, for me to see, like, the pyramids or Stonehenge or, uh, you know, some beach in Bali. I just like the uh-huh. interaction with, like, a different culture. And I want to do it mm-hmm. as much as possible. And yeah, um, it's, it's kind of cool to be like, hey, all my norms are different. Let me see another way to live. And, and the best part is like, you know, everywhere I've ever been, like I've met at least one or usually two people that like now I have a connection and I may never talk to them, but I remember them way more than mm-hmm. I remember anything else. Like I can visually see like you and me and your little, it looked like an egg pod thing. Um, yeah, and when we did that your, got stolen your, a couple your, weeks ago. <laughs> well, but yeah, I remember well, that. But, like, but I can I can see everything about that room, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm, I've got a weird, you know, like, photographic memory anyways. But I can't tell you about, like, I, rem- I remember us walking up and stuff and with, like, the group. And we went to, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't a castle. I Like, I can remember the action. I can't remember, yeah. like, why we were going up there it was kind of to look over the city but i don't really remember what the city looked like you know like the things that everyone else was like what a breathtaking view i'm like Mm. i remember like somebody like trying to be like mr organizing and like let's make sure we get a good shot and stuff like that like i remember the people you know Uh uh-huh so like there's a cab driver in medellin named jaime and Mm-hmm. And, and and like that's one of my favorite memories is like it's like hi me do you know where we can get good tacos yes yes it's like hi me do you know where we can go meet nice girls yes yes hi me can you give me a million dollars yes yes it's like that's the only thing he knew how to say was yes <laughs> that's funny <laughs> you know oh man yeah it's those unique things uh, oh my god mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of some of the situations i've been in because the people because you're out of your comfort zone and you're kind of looking for an anchor and i found that my most passionate relationships start while i'm traveling or when i'm just into a new city when i've just moved um because that's the moment where i'm looking for for some kind of anchor and having that person to bounce my process off of is invaluable and really i really connect with that person um when i'm in that state of travel you know, I, I mentioned it as far as like, like my job, you know, like, uh, my mentor is, uh, like he's never really left Southern California, you know, Your like real estate mentor day, that you told me about. Yeah. Like he, okay, um, yeah. he went to Santa, he went to Santa Barbara, which is like an hour and a half away. And he's showing me pictures mm-hmm. as if he went to like Germany, you know, like, have <laughs> you ever seen this? Look, I was like, yeah, I've been to Santa Barbara a bunch of times. Like you've been here yeah. 50 years like that's the first time you've been to santa barbara and, <laughs> wow and he's 
like he's very sheltered in in that way like business uh-huh. and you know seven days a week 12 hours a day like he's he's a nut but uh um, yeah so i'm going i'm going you know i'm going to go to columbia I think I'm going to Colombia and then Panama in about three weeks. And he's oh, like, Oh, I have a good friend in Panama. We just met in San Antonio. Uh, shout mm. out to Lane if you hear this. Yeah, this uh, probably, cool. I probably should probably put you two in touch. You might like each other. Well, I, I'm going with a girl, so. <laughs> of course. But, uh, I mean, just like for, for professional networking, if anything. Yeah, she's, she's a Colombian Latina girl. She gets pretty mm-hmm. jealous of, of <laughs> you know, so, gotcha. uh, but it, anyways, uh, so like I'm going on that and he's like, you just got back from Mexico. Like, why do you have to go? Like, you need to work. You need to work. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I can do every single thing I want from my phone. Like I have an Airbnb company and oh. I got my cleaners. They, they take care of pretty much everything. I have an assistant that I call up, you know, like I've created systems that, do not need my physical presence and mm-hmm. do not need me to like overlook all the time. You know, he doesn't have that. Like, you know, without mm. him, like there is no business. So that was important for me to develop because I wanted to be able to travel and kind of call my own shots. And, and um, the money was never important. So like he's chasing, um, you know, prestige and money. And he's made a lot of money. He's done over $60 billion in transactions, you know, mm-hmm. which if you know anything about real estate, that's a lot. And yeah. And so he had like, he, you know, he, he's, uh, his time is demanded for that. But for me, it's like, if, if the difference between me, you know, making a million dollars and having to work six days a week and never get to travel versus me making a hundred thousand dollars, but I can do it anywhere in the world and I can jump on a plane mm-hmm. anytime I want. I'm going to take that because that's the life that I want. And that's the life that I yeah. created, you know? Yeah. So and I just want to want to say that for any listener looking to figure out exactly what you're looking for in life, um, clarity is really important because if you don't have the clarity of what you're looking for, you could listen to somebody who's looking for something completely different and then fuck up your path. Um, cause like I, I'm, I'm on the same path. I'm actually looking to create something similar, uh, similar lifestyle to what you have with the spot of Joe. And if I were to go mm-hmm. and listen to some real estate dude, um, like your mentor, um, I could be stuck working in an office or et cetera. Um, and a lot of, a lot of my family's tra- stopped now, but they kept trying to make me get a job. And at some points I almost pulled the trigger out of the shame and guilt that they tried to make me feel. Um, for trying to live the lifestyle I want to live. And so that's another obstacle that you'll find is, at least in my, my case and most people I've talked to, is some a lot of people will try to guilt you, kind of like crabs in a barrel, or try to guilt you into sticking to what they think is possible when you try to reach for more. Absolutely. I, I grew up in a small town where most people never, ever leave. You know, like you graduate high mm. school and then you get a job and... <laughs> and stay, then, yeah. And it, I and, and my parents, I was speaking to them uh, yesterday, and they were saying how, like, even as a little kid, uh, they were told, you know, I was telling them, I'm not going to stay here, and I didn't. You know, mm-hmm. I pretty much like went around the world uh, right after college. The the key is is that like I've like my Airbnb company, I have three locations, and we do 
you know, I'm bring, I'm doing six figures in revenue a year off three locations, which mm-hmm. is somewhat crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a business that just presented itself um, because I so so I did it um, society's way, right? Like sort of. Mm-hmm. Like I was playing professional poker. I made um, you know excess money. And I called up my buddy, that's my financial advisor. And I was like, well, all right, I've got this money, but what do I do with it? Like, it's almost like I don't need it, you know, like, yeah, like I wasn't going to give it away, but I earned it. And he said, oh, you buy property and make the money work for you. Perfect. So mm-hmm. I bought um, a condo and, um, and I was with my girlfriend. So it was still pretty cheap and I was playing poker Well, we broke up and then she moved out and so now I'm not getting her rent money but my uh-huh. one bedroom condo was like two grand a month and that's a lot of money and I was traveling as a poker player and I said why am I spending $2,000 a month for a place that I'm barely in you know when mm-hmm. I can rent like a room from with my buddy for like six seven hundred bucks so mm-hmm. I rent out so so then this is how the Airbnb thing happens I I rent out my room to a subcontractor that was in town for like four or five months. I charge him 2,500. So I make 500 bucks a month. He's paying my mortgage. Mm-hmm. And then my rent that's 700 now. So now I'm like basically living rent free. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this actually, if I'm living rent free, I can make a good amount of money. So then I sell mm-hmm. that condo. I buy my beach condo, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. And like my dream come true, I could I could sit in my bed and see the ocean. And then after three weeks, nice. I was like, "Well, I'm always on the road. Why don't I rent this out on Airbnb when I'm on the road?" Well, mm-hmm. I did that, but then the money that was coming from the Airbnb, I was like, "Well, shit," you know. Like I started making a lot of money off that one. So mm-hmm. then I just started adding different properties, and um, it's kind of funny. The more money that I make, the simpler. I go as far as my life when I had no money, Mm -hmm. you know, I I had like, you know, a bigger place. I had furniture, yada, yada. Now, like I have a studio. uh, Now I have three fully furnished places. And so whenever they're empty, like tonight, my condo is empty. So I'll go, it's three story townhouse. So I'll hang out Mm -hmm. there tonight, but typically like I'm staying in my one bedroom place, (laughs) you know, and I don't even have a TV or anything. So it's kind of funny. It's one thing I've noticed is that it's a, it's a really good analogy. This one guy, uh, he wrote like several um, motivational books and a lot of people think he's just like, he's spiritual. So people who aren't spiritual are like, oh, he's kind of weird. And I get that. But personally, I kind of like to think spiritually in a lot of ways. So I like this dude. His name is Wayne Dyer. And yeah. uh, he had this, he was saying that um, like when you're healthy, you don't really feel your body. Like your body is just there and it's working well. You only feel your body when it's not healthy, <laughs> when it's sick. And right. it's kind of like the same as money. And actually, I um, I interviewed another guy. Uh, he's an accomplished brander and um, an animator, uh, Frank Sasso. And uh, you'll you'll see that on the podcast. Listen to this. You want to listen to that? I think it's episode like six or seven or something. Um, but uh, he was saying that the only people who, who talk about money are the people who don't have it. Um, and it's, it's kind of true and it kind of reminds me of, of this phenomenon you're, you're just talking about. I, I mean, 
it's it's funny like like and, I, and i'm not trying to get political but just to kind of make a point like so mm-hmm. when o, when obama was president right um when did he start being president was that 08 i guess yeah so, 08 yeah bush was zero, right. uh, 2000 to 2008 yeah yeah so okay so 2006 to 2008 were two of the worst years of my life like I went through Hurricane Katrina, I got a DUI, I went to jail, yada, yada. I was riding a bicycle and, you know, eating dollar TV dinners. So I'm not blaming <laughs> yeah. Bush for that. I, I mean, I made my, you know, I made some pretty bad mistakes. You know, I was like 24, mm-hmm. 25. So for the eight years that Obama was president, like I incrementally improved my life. In the uh-huh. last two years that Donald Trump has been president, I've improved my life every year since I would say 2008. I've done mm-hmm. better, and you know, I've I've had a better year year after year. You know, mm-hmm. the reason I say that is is because like I'm constantly kind of growing and tweaking, and the president has no bearing whatsoever on what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, oh, like, totally. And so, so it's like I, I if I sit there and I judge you know my president the presidency based on my personal um achievements it's like well shit donald trump's the greatest president of all time because i made more money last year than i've ever made in my life i traveled as much as i've ever traveled in my life you mm-hmm. know like i like it was you know from a financial standpoint like it was the best year of my life you know and it and i don't you know like it's not like um worried that if you know something goes away like you develop these skill sets that you know you can figure out ways to make money you know like i in fact i get on myself a little bit because i feel like i should be doubling down on certain areas that are generating income and Mm -hmm. but i'm but i'm kind of happy like like i'm kind of content where i'm at like it would just Mm -hmm. it would it would it's kind of like if kind of like uh super mario brothers like um they have these guys that do like time trials like where they just try and beat super mario brothers yeah yeah you know really really fast in like five minutes yeah i think the world record's a bit over five minutes right so like i've beaten super mario brothers you know Mm -hmm. and and like now i know how to beat the game so to make more money it's just it's all about just like being able to beat it faster faster you know Uh like and 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 you don't really grow that much as a as a person over your life. It's just, you know, obviously your bank account grows. But I my it was funny because with that uh, Mega Million, the one point six billion, me and my friend uh-huh. were sitting around thinking about it. It's like, what's the dumbest thing that you would buy if someone just gave you a billion dollars? Yeah. Like in, an island. And from, that's like, like I'd probably just buy an island because I I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this money? But but think about that. That's not a stupid. That's that's real estate. That's an investment. I'm talking about like yeah, stupid. Exactly. Like maybe have a party, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like you know, if you got a billion dollars and you have a, a you spend two million dollars on the greatest party of all time, and Justin yeah. Bieber and Selena Gomez do dueling pianos in your bar. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like then everybody's gonna out. buy your book, so it's still an investment. Because <laughs> now you're like, oh, you're that dude that had Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber at your party. I kind of want to read the book. Yes, you know, like, 
like that the money it, it perpetuates itself or so my mm-hmm. my the only thing I thought is I was like maybe get like a Ferrari um with diamonds like all like stuck to the outside like all just but even still like if you made a YouTube video with that you get tons of subscribers and you get ad money <laughs> right. and then like there's, yeah. there's kind of no way to run away from it <laughs> I guess well burn it but yeah, I mean, there there are ways, like, if you don't know how to take advantage of the, that coming in, then, you know, you're not going to be able to, to keep it, and a lot, there's a lot of those stories of those homeless people that get, get the lottery, and they don't know how to manage it, and they get super far into debt, because they, like, oh, I'll never have money again, and they spend a ton of it, and, like, buy credit cards and shit, which isn't helpful, but, I mean, it's all about, it's all about knowing how to manage the money that you have, and then, it, and then you'll mm-hmm. like the other money will just kind of come in because you you're doing well with the money that you have. Mm-hmm. You're practicing it's, gratitude. It's, it's interesting how um, you know the the people in sports that have the most money um, only make ten to fifteen percent of the contracts. You know, mm-hmm. like a, like the sports agents. You know. Um, Sports agent gets ten percent of, you know. So his 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 player signs a hundred million dollar contract. He only gets ten million. Three years after the guy, you know, uh, retires, he's mm-hmm. bankrupt, and the agent, you know, takes that ten million. Now he's the one with a hundred million. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's because he knows what he needs to do with the money. Um, yeah, to grow it. So. and that's that's mm-hmm. just a simple skill. It's like you know, how do you? How do you go to the gym and grow it? Well, you don't give yourself a milkshake as a reward. (laughs) Same thing. Like if you get a paycheck, you don't get yourself like a nice new TV as a reward. You do something with it that grows it instead of, you know, puts it in the trash. Um, I'm kind of curious. You did say that you're writing another book. Uh, I'd like to Mm -hmm. wrap this up so we have a good bite-sized podcast for our listeners. Right. And then so I can do a couple. I have a couple. I have another meeting uh, with a dude that I just met a little bit later. Um, but I'm curious about your new book and what that's going to be about. Uh, so I've already started the Instagram platform about a year ago and, uh, it's Mm. called Carpe Daily and Carpe Mm -hmm. Daily is just kind of the, a word I developed and it's like Carpe Diem sees the day, but Carpe Daily is sees the day every day. And so a Mm. lot of you know, the bartending therapist was a bit of a self-help book, but it was encapsulated in this setting of the bar, whereas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to kind of give me a vehicle to be able to share a lot of the stories that I find are valuable in my life experiences. So now that I've kind of set that platform initially, um, Carpe Daily goes very deep. You know, I've got stories that I'm going to be sharing and like the lessons that I've learned, but it's an in, but at the same time it's an it's not necessarily autobiographical but mm-hmm. it, i'm gonna i'm gonna weave it in such a way that um that i think the reader goes on this kind of journey with me but we're talking mm-hmm. like you know my experience like going through hurricane katrina um mm-hmm. being arrested for a dui uh mm-hmm. going and i i've been sober for over 12 years so i'm gonna discuss that in detail uh, yeah. Thank you. And and um, and then I'm going to talk about like certain situations like there 
you know, I'll give you just like, this is kind of a, a powerful story. Um, mm-hmm. so when I was uh, getting sober, I was about two, three years sober and I broke up with my girlfriend and that was the first big, like, you know, challenge, like, you know, mm-hmm. how, how do I stay sober? So you like, how do me, I cope I, without drinking? Yeah. And so for me, I went, uh, it was like 10 o'clock at night. I was, I was set on drinking that night over this. Mm-hmm. But I said, if there's an AA meeting, I'll go to it. So I go to this AA meeting mm-hmm. that happened to be at 11 mm-hmm. o'clock at night. There's like six, seven people. And I'm waiting for my turn to share about how I'm going to go drink because this girl broke my heart. And this woman, mm-hmm. in her, like, she's like, no, 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 I'm going first. I'm going first. And I was like, you bitch, you know? <laughs> yeah. her, so she, she then tells a story about um, that day she was on her way home and the street was blocked off and there was all these cops and she walks up on the scene and they say this young man um just died in a motorcycle accident on the on the her block and she's like Uh my son my son rides a motorcycle turns out it's her son she walks up and her son's been decapitated in a motorcycle accident oh now that crazy right but now that woman yeah that just happened hours ago. She had about yeah. the same time I did, and she went to a meeting so that she wouldn't, you know, drink because, like, <laughs> you know, wow. like, so now I, I feel like a piece of shit because I was gonna drink over a girlfriend that I had dated for three months. <laughs> yeah, puts everything, but that puts everything in perspective. Like, there are no big deals, you know. Like, there's mm-hmm. always gonna be a better reason. You know that makes your reason look like you know stupid, and so those are some of yeah. the stories that I share. But then I'll break it down with, you know, much like the bartending therapist and that and the concepts. And so we're going to try and have mm-hmm. that. Um, I really haven't put a lot of pen to paper on it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty obsessive, so when I do write, it'll be like three weeks and it'll be done. Um, but mm-hmm. January, I'm shooting for uh, a release in, at the beginning of the year. So. Okay, cool. Well, I'll definitely yep. write an article, but maybe we'll do another interview around then so we can talk more about what you've written. Of course. Always cool. good to talk to you, You Joe. enjoy your... Yeah, you too, Jason. That was cool to catch oh, hi, up. Um, yeah. Hold on a second. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode. In the earlier episodes, I put all of these sponsored ads at the end, and the newer episodes, they're in the middle. So if you're listening to one where it's split, some of the content before and some of the content after, uh, stay tuned, and your content will come right after these messages. Otherwise, thanks for listening, and please listen further to help figure out how you can help the podcast grow. Number one way, subscribe. Wherever you are listening to this, hit the subscribe button either with your finger or the mouse, or if it's the future and everything is mind controlled, do so with your mind. That way I can attract better uh, sponsors and earn more money from the sponsors that I have so I can get better content and go to better conferences. I am right now about to go to CES. For each two hour conference or so, I tend to get about four interviews. That means people that I contact that I actually record and that we continue to uh, publish an episode. I contact more, but in the end, I get about four. Now, this is going to be four days. 
And this four day experience is going to probably net me at least 20 interviews. Now, when it comes to other ways to support the podcast, email list is one way to support. Go to the Renman Network. What you will get is exclusive content right to your inbox. You also get to stay on top of the developments of the Renaissance Man Network. And you get to stay accountable in your journey of becoming a Renaissance Man by being reminded of Renaissance Man values and challenges that I will put out to the email list. Another way you can help yourself, oh, let me just circle back. The way you sign up to the email list is therenmannet.work slash uh, nothing, actually. Therenmannet.work is T-H-E-R-E-N-M-A-N-N-E-T dot W-O-R-K. And either click on join the newsletter or a pop-up will come up and you can just put your information in there. Now, another way is to get a journal. That is a hand-bound journal. I bind the cover of the journal with leather or another cloth. You get to choose if I have other cloths available. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But either way, I have full leather, real leather covers available. Leonardo da Vinci had one of my hand-bound journals, one of the best Renaissance men out there. And the best way to cultivate self-awareness is to have a journaling habit. I did that for three years straight, missed only one day during those thousand plus days. I will share exercises where you read one. Sorry. I will share exercises where you need one. I wrote a script for myself and I can't really tell my own writing. I share exercises where you will need one. Need a journal and a journal also doubles as a sketchbook if you're looking to use it for artwork. You can get that at the store at the renmannet.org slash store. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-M-A-N-N-E-T dot w-o-r-k slash s-t-o-r-e and as of now they are fifty dollars there are some uh, if you become a patron you get a free coupon for that so um to to segue right into that if you want to support the podcast on a financial basis what you can do is become a patron it's at patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash the renman network t-h-e-r-e-m sorry r-e-n M-A-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. And any anywhere from five to a hundred or more dollars a month. What that will do is that will allow me to do this for more of my time, a pay for my time. I will be able to buy better recording equipment and I will be able to go to better conferences like the one I'm going to next week. Now I thank you for listening to these uh, these sponsored messages by my uh, for my my projects and I encourage you to support this podcast in any way you can. Subscribe, uh, sign up to the newsletter, buy yourself a journal, do yourself a favor for your own development, and support the podcast. Allow me to create better content for you by going to our Patreon. Uh, Without further ado, here is our sponsor for this episode. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Just to remind you of some ways you can support the podcast. First of all, subscribe. Second of all, you can um, you can join the email list. That's at therenmanetnet.work, T-H-E-R-E-N-M-A-N-N-E-T dot W-O-R-K. Click on join the newsletter. You can also buy a journal that's on the shop at the Renman Network. So therenmanetnet.work slash shop, or sorry, slash store, 
S-T-O-R-E slash store. And also, you can support the podcast on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the Renman Network. T-H-E-R-E-N-M-A-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K. Hope that you enjoy yourself and stay tuned for the next episode.